This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. In this world there's a whole lot of trouble, baby. In this world there's a whole lot of pain. In this world there's a whole lot of trouble, but a whole lot of ground to gain. Why take when you could be giving? Oh, I watch as the world goes by. It's a hard enough life to be living. Why walk when you can fly? Kiora, Talofa, Nihau, greetings, welcome. Welcome to Quiet Minds Mental Health Radio, Plains FM 96.9. Welcome listeners, my name is Debbie May. You're listening to Quiet Minds Mental Health Radio on Plains FM 96.9. And today in the studio I'm chatting with our old friend Beth. Hi Beth. Hello. You come today to talk about um, new privacy legislation. I do. Now this could first of off be really dull when you think about something <laughs> like privacy, but here we go. I will try not to be dull. <laughs> so, um, first of all, would you like to tell us a bit about your role and why you're interested in privacy? I'm sure there will be listeners who've heard this a half a dozen times, <laughs> but there'll be one person out there who's new to Quiet Minds, and that's great. Um, my role, my day job, is as an advocate at the Mental Health Advocacy and Peer Support Service in Christchurch. And as an advocate, we support people who have lived experience of uh, mental distress or addictions or working with health services all over town and with uh, work and income and ACC and landlords and employers. And every single one of those situations is a person who has offered up personal data and kind of hopes that it will be treated respectfully. Right. Yeah, right. so that's that's why our team is so interested in privacy. Also, we're a peer team, so that means everybody there has personal experience of mental health system. And uh, yeah, we're conscious of the fact that we've got notes out there, and we hope they're being treated respectfully. There's certainly been a lot of breaches of privacy of late, haven't they, when we look at the Waikato Hospital? Oh, that one's very scary, yeah. Uh, and it and it looks like it it was um, you know it is a big deal, mm. but that's one we heard of. You yeah. know, there's there is no obligation for us to be informed of other breaches. Right. You know, sometimes the news tells us that some government representative forgot a pen drive on a cab or taxi cab or something, but it cannot be. That must just be the tip of the iceberg for what's actually going on out there. And we deserve proper, respectful treatment of our data. Mm, we do, don't we? So um, there's been a recent review on our legislation and some new obligations that were created. So would you like to share with our listeners what they are? Yeah, I would. I um, was quite lucky enough. One of the groups that I belong to is called Voice, and it's a sector uh, meeting where they bring speakers in. And so I was quite lucky to be able to sit there and listen to a person from Can Community Law Canterbury explain the new legislation and the old legislation, which is why I thought this is stuff that I really want to be able to share. Mm. So the review went on through 2019 and 2020, and there was what's called a supplementary order paper. And that just means that the old act stands plus new 
stuff is inserted into it. Right. And those new things were voted on and approved and would come into effect just now, 1st of June, 2021. Okay. Yeah, just just the coming into place now, which is why it was quite handy to have this talk from this clever fellow. Um, And there are a, a few big changes, but... Um, a lot of all the old stuff is still there, so it's important to, to emphasize that later on. The, uh, one of the biggest things that came through is an uh, establishment of a, of a tribunal that will award uh, uh, fines and um, possible remediation in class actions of up to $350,000 for breaches of the Mental Health Act of the Privacy Act. Sorry about that. Um, And it's going to require that agencies are sure that they collect information about children and young people in a particularly fair way. So those are two uh, things getting emphasized because of uh, past breaches and what what society and the government has learned from things that are going to, if you don't make it cost people a lot of money, Mm. then it isn't going to uh, be honored. So I didn't think you could sue for that sort of anything like that because it would be covered under ACC nope, at all. Not under ACC. Um, you wouldn't necessarily do what we would would see as suing, but you would uh, make an application to a review tribunal to for them to review the situation and determine whether or not the breach was worthy of compensation. Right. It's similar in the in the long run, but it doesn't necessarily require a lawyer, which is what we always think about when you think about suing somebody. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So, so one of the other big changes was that the um, the government made very very clear that a breach of privacy is not the responsibility of any single organ individual. It is the organization or business that that is at fault. So that means that um, that you know the 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 countdown manager cannot say, well, you you know it's your fault, so you're you're on the hook for this. It is assumed that every organization has done the proper training and has the proper people in place who understand the legislation, and the organization takes the responsibility if there is some kind of a, a breach. Now, they may turn around and, I mean, even at our place, we have things in our contract that say um, breaches of confidentiality are potentially a dismissible offense. Right. Um, so I think that that's really good that they have... Uh, made it an organizational responsibility. Otherwise, it's a cost to the business, and so therefore the business has a vested interest in in doing the right thing. So why doesn't this come under the occupation of health and safety, like when, and when you're in a workplace? Um, it could possibly in certain circumstances. I think from our perspective, it's... It's good that the government has established a privacy commission that's separate from occupational health and safety. There are so many workplace considerations that privacy could be lost. Mm. So having an external requirement with a different legislation and a different power structure gives it more weight. So what... what what is a privacy breach then? What okay. would they what would they look at as a privacy breach? Um, well, the example of um, Waikato DHB is a really glaring one, but another privacy breach could be um, that the um, the GP 
has information about your depression history mm-hmm. and for some reason shares that information with the physiotherapist. Your physiotherapist doesn't have to know what's going on above the neck when they're working on your knee. Right. And there isn't really any reason for that GP to have shared that. And if while the physiotherapist is working on your knee, they say, so how are you handling your new depression meds? That would be shocking. Mm. It would be embarrassing. It would be be quite bad. I would find that very challenging. Would you? Yeah, I would. See, I would would say from my own experience that that wouldn't be unusual. Yeah, but we have to have legislation that protects people from, protects the most vulnerable, not the most understanding. Mm. You know, it's just, mm. and, and that's just an example off the top of my head. I might mm. think of better examples later on. No, I'm just wondering, I'm just curious as you're talking. Yeah. Oh, no, there are, um, you know, if you accidentally leave a folder of um, of somebody's papers on, on the seat of the taxi cab so that they can, if you include a first and last name and a date of birth in mm. a uh, support letter that, that you know, it doesn't require that kind of identification, mm. that's actually one of the key things in the Privacy Act is never collecting data that you do not need. Right. Don't ask the questions if you don't need to know the answers. Right. And that's a, that's a people, we're just, we're just nosy. We're nosy. Yeah, I, I suppose in organisations there can be a lot of structure that requires you to collect that data as well. Mm. Well, I can say for MAPS, we have an obligation to report to the government in exchange for the cash they give us to operate. Mm. So we have to report a uh, number of people, gender, ethnicity, how long they were involved with the service, how many activities they had, how long the activities lasted. But all of that can be done without any kind of name or address or birth date right. identifier. It can all right. be done anonymously. And so that's quite important to honour. So what do you see as some of the changes? Um, um, well, I have a list here, and so it might sound a bit like I'm reading, but that's because I'm reading. <laughs> so um, one of the changes is something called notifiable privacy breaches. So the Act now stipulates that there is a notification regime. And if a business or organization has a privacy breach it, that it believes has caused serious harm, and serious harm is the big deal. It's, it's the defining of that. And that's where we people who have our data out there might want to have a bit of a quibble. It, has, uh, it will need to notify the Office of the Privacy Commissioner and any of the affected individuals as soon as possible. So right. that's a new thing that the organization has an obligation to let me know that they left my file on the backseat of the taxi right. cab. Because right. I can imagine that they'd think, it'd be very nice not to have to tell that pushy lady who's going to make a big stink about it, mm. which mm. I would. I mean, a few years ago when I was dealing with ACC, I got somebody requested my own file and got oh. somebody else's whole file. No. And, you know, if I'd not rung up ACC and said... Yeah. It had all his information. It was a male, all his information in it. Oh, man. See? So, you know, you, you, when you're listening to that... What are the chances that ACC followed through on the moral obligation to inform that person that they had accidentally breached their privacy? Well, With the current yeah. le- legislation, they now have a legislative obligation, but before they still would have had a moral one. No idea. Yeah, well, no, I have an idea, but I shouldn't say that. <laughs> um 
And what else do I have here? It's important to note that serious harm can be assessed by considering, for instance, the sensitivity of the information lost, um, what action has already been taken to reduce harm, the nature of the harm that could arise in any other relevant matters. So let's take, for example, my file was left in the back seat of a taxi, the sensitivity of the information lost. If the information in that folder has to do with my criminal record or wow. has to do with um, my ACC claim or um, medical misadventure or my um, approaching court date, that kind of stuff, that's, that's quite serious material. Yes. If it has to do with the list of my previous um, addresses that I've ever lived at, that's probably not that serious because I would probably blather about that to anybody anyway. I don't care. Um, so it's, it's in, it's, it context. is important to, yeah, context. That's a much better word than I was coming up with. <laughs> one word where 20 don't, aren't needed. Um, and so uh, the next one on my wee list is compliance notices. And a privacy commissioner will be able to issue a compliance notice to businesses or organizations to require them to do something. So they may report to the privacy commission that we had this small kind of glitch in our control of our documents, but it's not a big deal. And the privacy commission can say, you have underestimated how big a deal it is, and we oblige you to, I don't know, check your security systems, put more levels of, um, of encryption around your data, um, inform the person, inform everybody who is in that group. You know, they can, they can make all kinds of things. And so that's quite good. We're fond of these changes. Uh, the next one I have here is enforceable access direction. I might not understand this one myself. Mm. The commissioner will be able to direct agencies to provide individuals access to their personal information. Oh, why don't we have that anyway? This will allow faster resolution of complaints and accessing directions will be enforceable in the Human Rights Review Tribunal. So if an organization isn't really keen to be fully communicative and cooperative with an individual, then the Privacy Commission can enforce that, that they should be. This part I found really interesting. There's a new section on disclosing information overseas. Uh, it used to be a lovely small world, and there would never have been a concept that anything that might have been in an ACC file or might have been an employment file or whatever could possibly be applicable overseas, but that's no longer true. We now have people who go for health um, health treatments in Australia. Right. We have people who have worked for organizations that have offices in multiple countries. Mm -hmm. So if your employer is uh, Google, you can work anywhere, but your records are also kind of available anywhere. So this is quite fascinating. There's a new privacy principle 12 that says the way a person's information can be sent overseas is controlled. Um, an organization or business may only disclose personal information to an agency outside of New Zealand if the receiving agency is subject to similar safeguards to those in the Privacy Act. So if you want to do international business, every country you go to is going to have some kind of different standards. Mm -hmm. And the obligation of an international employer is to to learn what New Zealand obligations are and to, to honor them. And if you can't, if you can't guarantee that the office in, I don't know, Kabul or Tokyo is going to have the same standards, then you can't share the information. Wow. Yeah. So it's pretty complex. And most of us probably aren't going to be in that kind of a situation. But I'm feeling a bit daunted by it all already. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> well, I, and I think that's a really good point. But I think the reason that I wanted to talk to us about this today is, is twofold. One is it never hurts to remind people that there are 
um, obligations, legislative mm -hmm. obligations, all those agencies out there have to respect us mm -hmm. and to respect our data and to do the right thing. Because particularly when we're working in health, mm -hmm. the time we're giving out our data, we're always under some kind of stress. So we have a broken limb or we have a broken mind or we have, you know, so it's just, it's not fair for us to be the ones saying, oh, also don't share my data with anybody. We, we want New Zealand government to be guaranteeing those things for us. Because it's a bit like um, when I've filled in, uh, um, I don't know, I think I was probably going to a doctor. They asked who would be my emergency contact. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't actually have one. And they said, well, have a family member or a friend. I said, I don't actually have one like this. Oh, no, it was at the library. And I thought, it was at the library. And I thought, actually, you don't need all that information. Yeah. As long exactly. as you know where to find me if I have a fine on the library. The only thing that you would need to contact with me for is if I didn't pay my fines. on, Which they're really good at, I can tell you. <laughs> So, I'm sure I buy two or three new books for the library every year with my funds. <laughs> but in reality, the yeah. amount of information yeah. they want, and so, again, why do they need that? Well, we go through this every couple of years at MAPS, having a good assessment about what we ask. So we have an obligation from the government to provide data on ethnicity and gender. Um, we ask, how did you hear about us? Right. That's for our own purposes. That's, That's not for the person's no. purpose. No. Do we really have a, a right to ask things like that? I guess that's good for your statistic. Then you good can for go us. And say, yes, it's not I, necessarily yes, good for them. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. What else do we ask? We ask, uh, uh, what other supports do you have? Okay, right. so you've come to us today. Do you have other supports? Well, it might not be any of my business whether they happen to be lined up with Comcare or have a personal counselor or not. Right. I mean, my take on that is that I trust people to lie to me if they don't want me to know. <laughs> <laughs> which you can't do to the court or to a doctor or, well, no, I well, used to can. lie to my doctor about my <laughs> coffee intake, but that's okay. Uh, one of the new things, too, is that it is an offense to destroy information. So if people are working with you and they've collected the data and there's a certain amount of time that they're supposed to keep it, if they just get lazy and chuck it out, storage of data is a big issue. We pay oh, a lot of money for that. It's an offense with a fine up to $10,000. Oh, goodness. So oh, how, yeah. long, how long does, what's the average time you have to store? Oh, I don't know what it is for every sector, but um, the health sector is 10 years. 10 years. So I, I object to this. It's done me no good to object, but I object vociferously to this because here we have people who come in and they chat with us about their mental health and about strategies for coping and about the difficulties they might be having with some other service. And um, they, have, they connect with us and they have a good experience, I hope, all the time. And they are gone in three to four months. Right. But the government requires us to hang on to the details of that small experience for 10 years. It's wow. ridiculous. Wow. I know. It's a lot of time and mm. um, a lot of, well, on computers it's different again now, but imagine when you had to keep paper records. Yeah, well, yes, we, that's, I, I don't have to imagine. I can, <laughs> I can see it every day. Um, but the other thing with that, for us, our personal theory is that if persons come in to see us back in 2019 and they had issues A, B, and C, yep. the chances that everything is the same 18 months later is nil. We always start fresh. Mm. We start a brand new 
set of, of notes and information. We collect brand new impressions for the person about what they'd like to do and what they're interested in. Do you just store the other information? We can't. Oh, after to. the time. After the 10 years? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is Beth's big deal. There's There are notifications in the... We'll have to wait because MAPS has only been operating for 10 years. Right. So there are some... So pretty much everything we've collected is still there. Right. And um, but there are there are flags in the calendars of the admin people every six months. Is there anybody whose records can be deleted? Is there anybody whose records? Because it's I I think keeping it yeah. for too long is that's unconscionable. Good. But yeah, so that's my big deal. So what else did you get out of this? Um, uh, there are new grounds for accessing for access requests under Principle Six of the Health Information Privacy Code. So that's another thing that the Privacy Commission has had to. Um, to work in conjunction with, and that is the health information um, pr pressures and legislation and code. And these are being updated because of these new changes. And it clarifies that a business or an organization cannot collect identifying information from people if it is not necessary. So that's a bit about what I was going through. The, the, the you know, you can write all kinds of stuff down about um, a person told us this. Um, there was a 37-year-old female who presented this difficulty right. that they had with. But as soon as you say, and their name was, and their date of birth was, and they live at, that's enough data to triangulate their NHI number. Right. Which I'm quite sensitive about whether people get all three of those pieces of information. I just not particularly trusting of everybody, and I right. think that there are some very clever um, and obnoxious hacking personalities out there. And I mean, I, I Red Cross wanted me to donate the money, and I said, "No, I think I agree with this this time." And they wanted all three of those pieces of information, and I said, "Well, no, you can't have all three of them." <laughs> and then they said, "We can't actually set this up without them." And I said. Um, you, you can. You can change your policy. <laughs> and they didn't. And so I still gave them money because I'm a whip. But <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, though, isn't it? Yeah. That whole um, when I'm lis listening to this and thinking about uh, for workplaces, what that actually means, it's yeah. quite, quite a big. Um, I mean, we've always had privacy in this legislation, and we've always yep. had to, to a degree, um, follow follow this legislation. But a lot of us, other than maybe management, or wouldn't actually come across this as a as a having to um, recognise what we're doing and what's available, and mm. the fact that there's a whole new um, what did you call them? I guess uh, like obligations. Sorry, obligations. No, I was thinking about the new one they've set up where people can go if they um, have, feel they've got a breach. What, uh, yeah. Organisation. I don't know what's. I don't know the word. Well, for there it. are a couple of things. Um, one of the things I did want to mention is um, not so much for us as service users, but services out there. Sometimes you you know that something's happened, but you can't tell whether it's serious or not serious. Right. And so one of the cool things that the Privacy Commission set up is an anonymous um, assessment tool called Notify Us. So on Privacy Commission page, little tab, Notify Us, and it will ask you questions, and you can go through the questions about, you know, where was it left? What was it on? You know, if it was a pen drive, but the pen drive had a 
a password on it. Well, that's not a very serious breach at all. So that kind of thing. So it was just a series of questions right. that helps identify whether or not this is a notifiable breach or a serious harm incident. And that's really useful. And it is anonymous. Oh. So they were really smart to set something up where mm. you can go through that and find out. And I, I don't know, I haven't checked whether we as individuals could get anything useful out of that if it was from our own perspective. Mm. I don't know. Mm. But it is a possibility that any of us could use it, and that'd be cool. So um, we're just about out of time. Mm -hmm. So what could um, people do if they feel they've had someone breach their privacy? Well, one of the things I think that they should always do is keep really good records. So as soon as you start to have an uncomfortable feeling, start journaling. You know, who said what, when, when did it happen? Um, was there a follow-up? Has there been any new information? And once you've got a couple of months' worth of, of information on your own behalf, then you'll know whether it's really worth following through or not. And then another one was to approach that organization first and say, I'm a bit concerned when I heard so-and-so say something, something. It felt to me like it was a breach of my confidentiality and see what they say. It's, right. You know, they do have an obligation. And then the last thing is, you know, kind of you can always listen. It's possible to ask for your notes. It's possible to, to make a... A, um, official complaint. an official information application um, and, and just, you know, get you can get the emails that went by and that kind of thing. So there are things that we can do. Hmm. But hmm. then the other thing is, you know, who's going to do that when they're, they're stressed or unwell or um, recently unemployed or whatever, working with an ongotomariki. And they're not sure. And yeah, like... so you're, you're vulnerable. And there are lots of organizations that are supportive with that. So MAPS is one. If a person has an experience of um, mental distress, if they're part of that community in Christchurch, then MAPS has advocates who will help with that stuff. Um, community Law Canterbury are the people who did this talk, and they're very, very good at answering basic questions like that. But then the Privacy Commission welcomes people to make direct contact with them. Mm. It might not be that notify us tab, but you can just, they've got to contact us and you can just send an email that says, I had this happen and what do you think? And they will follow up because that is very, very important to them. So, and the community laws um, centre Canterbury would probably have this new information on their website? I don't know about their website, but they're definitely mm -hmm. aware of it. They're, they've, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the guy who did our talk was, right. was a guy from there. And, and what's cool about Community Law Canterbury is that they have these kind of open sessions where they just have, you could go in there somewhere between, say, six and seven on a weeknight. I don't know which one. There are two or three of them in town. And you just sit there and wait for your turn, and then you get to go and talk to a lawyer. Say, right. I had this happen. Do you think this is a legal situation, and would I benefit from having a lawyer? And if not, thanks for saving me money, that kind of thing. So, Beth, do you want to just give MAPS's details um, so that if they forget about the community mm -hmm. or whatever, they can just, because MAPS will have this information. Absolutely. That's one of our biggest things we do is refer people to the place where they can get really good help. And so MAPS is Mental Health Advocacy and Peer Support. They're on Madras Street. The phone number is 365-9479, but the website is just www.mhaps. .org.nz. Thank you, Beth. Um, this is much less boring than I thought it would be, and I'm, <laughs> it's quite a load, yeah. and it, but it's really important that, that um, the information starts to get out there. Yeah, it is. You're welcome. This is Debbie Mays signing off on behalf of Quiet Minds Mental Health Radio on Plains FM 96.9.
You can download this and other Quiet Minds programs by going to plainsfm.org.nz and clicking on podcasts. This show repeats on Wednesdays at 10.30am. Thanks for listening. In this world there's a whole lot of gold. In this world there's a whole lot of blame. In this world you've a soul for a compass and a heart for a pair of wings. There's a star on the far horizon, rising bright in an azure sky. For the rest of the time that you're given, why walk when you can fly high?